We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast in the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He, of course, covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. It is Tuesday evening, the evening of Tuesday, March 15th. The second day of the legal negotiating window for NFL free agency has mostly come to a close, although uh, we might see some deals trickle in throughout the show. So we might be reacting live as we go. But we've got some quarterback takes after another slow day from the 49ers. Uh, we did not cover in our Monday pod the Charvarius Ward signing, which happened after the podcast. So we'll chat a little bit about that. So let's get into it. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. The 49ers have overplayed their hand, Chris. <laughs> that seems to be the running theme today with, with 49ers quarterback takes as the Jimmy Garoppolo market appears to not be getting off the ground uh, while Deshaun Watson's trade market heats up and it's the Browns and the, the Falcons and the Saints and the Panthers. There's not been any rumblings on the Jimmy Garoppolo front. And now... Where early in the offseason, it was, hey, they might get a first or it's a second and then some stuff or they'll get at least a third. There was there was all this optimism that they were going to get this awesome trade package. But then Carson Wentz gets moved for the two third round picks. And now all of a sudden, it looks like the market for Garoppolo may not come to fruition. And I'm not sure it's the 49ers fault. Yeah, I have I have a lot of thoughts on this from a few different yeah, I was from a few different ha- from a few f- different angles. So yeah, a lot of people have said the 49ers have overplayed their hand. Um and I think generally there's a I guess an angst among the fan base and and maybe some a, a few people in in the media who write about the team um that you know the 49ers are really screwing up by not getting anything done. Uh, on the Jimmy Garoppolo trade front. And, you know, they overplayed their hand or whatever. First of all, I know there's been rumblings that 
um, a second round pick was was on the table. And and the thing ultimately that really hurt the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo's trademark, it was the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo needed surgery on his throwing shoulder. So in that sense, even if the 49ers were offered four first round picks in February, that trade would have never happened because the team would have put Jimmy Garoppolo through a physical and then saw that he needed shoulder surgery. And then the trade would have been nixed. Right. So in, a, in by saying the 49ers overplayed their hand would indicate that the 49ers had a hand to begin with. And really they don't because Jimmy Garoppolo is hurt, required surgery and isn't going to be able to throw until June or July. Right. So I think, this is not so much the fault of the 49ers and their inability or stubbornness or uh, the need to get an early round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think this is about market forces and the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo needed surgery on the shoulder. And that much is clear, evident by Carson Wentz going to Washington, by um, the Steelers deciding to go with Mitchell Trubisky. Like These are all things that are outside of the 49ers' control And those teams acquiring these quarterbacks and in the quarterback market would rather wait out a chance to see if they can get Deshaun Watson, um, who's now suddenly available after being acquitted of criminal uh, charges in his case last week. So there are all these market forces that are against the 49ers and a Jimmy Garoppolo trade that I don't see this as them, quote unquote, overplaying their hand because their hand sucks because Jimmy Garoppolo is hurt and all of these other quarterbacks are, are moving and, ch- and changing teams. And Jimmy Garoppolo just isn't that desirable of an asset at this point in comparison to other avenues that teams could take. So that's one part of it. And right. the other part of it is that, oh, you know, the 49ers allowed Lakin Tomlinson and DJ Jones to walk because they haven't traded Jimmy Garoppolo yet. And I'll push back on that idea, too, because I don't think the 49ers were paying more than $10 million a year for Lake and Tomlinson, who went and got $13.3 million a year just on average from the Jets. Right. I think no matter what Jimmy Garoppolo's status was and no matter what the 49ers cap situation was at this moment in time, they were not going to match that offer for Lake and Tomlinson. And we saw that evident by their Traverius Ward signing, who got more money than Lincoln Tomlinson, right? Like the 49ers are willing to spend to a certain point, but they just did not value a left guard at that price point. And the same thing with, with DJ Jones. So I've seen people say that, you know, the 49ers not trading Jimmy Garoppolo is leading to their good players leaving. Like, no, irrespective of Jimmy Garoppolo's status, they were not going to match that those market prices for those players who play at positions that are not premium while they have so many other guys that they're paying on the roster, including Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel, who are eventually going to get market setting deals at their positions later on this offseason. And if they had wanted to re-sign Tomlinson and Jones, you don't officially sign anything until, or you can wait until March 16th when the new league year starts to officially sign something. And at that point you, they can, they could have cut Garoppolo and right. freed up the money to sign those guys. Right. So it had those, those two things are not, they could have traded Jimmy Garoppolo on, on February 15th and like in Tomlinson and DJ Jones still would have been gone. Yes. hundred percent. 
like that's those two aren't those two things aren't related um which is i think what you were getting at yes they're independent the other of thing, each other the other the thank you the other thing you brought mm-hmm. up that i that i think <laughs> that i think is getting i hate i hate saying this because it's just such a like you know what we're not talking about enough <laughs> um i saw someone say that and say you know what we don't talk about enough the phillies organizational catching depth like no we talk about that the exact right amount <laughs> like <laughs> um your tweet just now about that is all we need yeah. um no you 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 said that jimmy garoppolo to begin with was not that desirable of an asset and i think that that's an important thing because it became such a it became such a point of contention in in any discussion about the 49ers this year it was it was Jimmy Garoppolo versus Trey Lance and oh they should have they should have let Jimmy go before the year and he shouldn't have started the season and oh they should have benched him after week eight like there were there was all this contention around him and so there was this like it turned into this anti-Jimmy and pro-Jimmy faction where to say that Jimmy Garoppolo is not a desirable asset comes off as like hating on Jimmy Garoppolo but it doesn't matter what you think of Jimmy Garoppolo you have to look at what teams are watching and what teams are looking at and was Jimmy Garoppolo awesome at throwing uh, slants to and in breaking routes to Debo Samuel and George Kittle like absolutely and were there things that he does well yes but is every team does every team think that their that their offensive coaching staff can get out of Garoppolo what the 49ers offensive coaching staff did that's a that's a question that has to be asked the second thing is his injury history. That's something that has to be asked. The third thing is his contract. Not only would they have to pay him $25 million this year, they might have to extend him. So is that a guy that you want to bet on? Like there you were a lot of the contract to make it more palatable. But yeah, yeah. either way, Jimmy's going to get a lot of money over the next two or three years, regardless, right. which is a risk. Right. To your point. And, it's, and, and so I think that it's not as easy as going, well, look how much he won. It's like, well, no, look how good the Niners roster is. And look at how good their offensive coaching staff is. Like the Steelers, for example, the Steelers are probably looking at their offensive coaching staff, looking at all those risks and all those factors we just listed and going, man, we're probably not going to get out of him. Matt Canada is not getting out of him with Kyle Shanahan. No disrespect to Matt Canada. That's the Steelers OC. And I just, I think that that kind of (laughs) got overlooked in all this is like, you know, Jimmy for for as effective as he was for the 49ers, like in a vacuum among NFL quarterbacks, he's just not great. And he's 30 and he's has an injury history and he's relatively expensive. Like there were just a lot of things that were working against the 49ers, and that's before the shoulder surgery. Right. And and when you know, let's go back to December, January, right? We're talking about the eventual quarterback market and what it was going to look like. You got one more thing you want to say. Yeah, we have some breaking news. Uh oh. Live on the pod. Matt Barrows from The Athletic. The 49ers <laughs> tendered restricted fridge and offensive lineman Daniel Brunskill at the right of first refusal level, 2.43 million. Your thoughts? Uh, Brunskill season continues. And um, we thought that they couldn't make any moves until Jimmy Garoppolo got <laughs> traded. <laughs> Boom. Um, no, so. Keep going. Okay, so back to the quarterback stuff. When we were talking about the eventual quarterback market for this spring during the season, 
it was a lot about you know supply and demand, right? Like Jimmy Garoppolo would probably have a market because supply would be low, demand would be high. There would not be that many quarterbacks on the open market. Well, that was before we thought Russell, before we knew Russell Wilson was going to be on the market, right? That was before we realized that the Colts were going to move on from Carson Wentz. That was before we realized Deshaun Watson was actually going to be somebody who could move and potentially join a new team this offseason because his situation, his legal status was so uncertain, right? So that's those are three guys, all better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, you could argue about Carson Wentz. Point is, three guys all changing teams that directly impact Jimmy Garoppolo's market, all while Jimmy Garoppolo ended up needing surgery and those guys are not needing surgery, right? And so you have Tom Brady come back. Um, that throws a wrench in the quarterback market, obviously, because it takes Tampa Bay mm-hmm. out of the equation. Um, so a lot of things have happened that have altered the landscape that was not expected by us or probably the 49ers. And so that's why, like, I, I texted you guys in the group chat, like, overplaying their hand. Like, their hand right now is like a Jack-2 offsuit. Like they don't have a good hand, so they can't really over. It's a bad hand. It's a bad hand. And they've checked <laughs> until the river, like for all you Texas Hold'em people, they've just sat wow. around and checked Look at you. So like this isn't, you know, if the 49ers, like I said, if the 49ers did turn down a second round pick, well, if they agreed to that deal and then Jimmy Garoppolo takes a physical, he's not going to pass it. So that deal isn't going to happen anyway. So team, right. teams are going to be leery of Jimmy Garoppolo's medical status. So that, so that ultimately is is what's going to matter. Um, so anyway, that's my piece on that. I just I, I think there's and and this happens sort of it, this time of year when free agency begins, whether a team is signing every awesome free agent or not participating at all or letting their guys walk. I think this is the most overreactionary time of the of the NFL calendar because yeah. everybody's looking at teams like the Jaguars and the Jets. Say, wow, those guys, those teams are spending. They're getting all the guys. You can go back and look throughout history. Those teams don't do well. And those free agent signings are often bad. Like, do you know what? Overpaying for just about everybody. So, do you know the, what? Like, Super Bowls are not won in the second week of March, just you, most often. You typically, quote unquote, win the offseason because you sucked. Yes. And you have money to spend. Right. Because you have cap space, because your team's not good, because you don't have good players. Although at some point the dust is going to settle and we're going to look at what the Jags did and go, wait, really? They gave it's $18 bananas. million a year to Christian Kirk. It's bananas. So anyway. Trent Baalke, who'd have thunk? Yeah, so so-, <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. It's the 1 p.m. Wednesday is the deadline for the 49ers to be under the salary cap with their top 51 contracts. Yeah. So something... So- <laughs> Something will have to happen by then, unless they're going to do all the possible restructuring and tinkering and hang on to Garoppolo as long as possible to see if his market eventually develops. So where I think the 49ers could and will deserve criticism if Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the roster by 1 p.m. Pacific on Wednesday, which is when you might be listening to this or afterwards. If they're carrying Jimmy Garoppolo's 20 five and a half million dollars, it means they're going to have to restructure a bunch of their expensive contracts. In essence, if you're unfamiliar with what restructuring does, is it takes money now in contracts generally and pushes it down the line. And then in two or three years, those contracts become worse and worse and worse because those guys are at later stages of their careers. Maybe they're dealing with injuries. Obviously, they're older. 
and then they're more expensive, right? You ideally would not want to restructure a bunch of players unless unless you absolutely had to. In my opinion, keeping Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster and having to restructure a bunch of guys when you know ultimately Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be on your team is a bad way to handle a roster in March. It's just, it's not smart. Giving Eric Armstead more money, more guarantees later in his deal and increasing his cap number down the line, bad business. Doing it with George Kittle as good and as valuable as George Kittle is, it's bad business because George Kittle is already dealt with a ton of injuries throughout his career. Who knows what his body is going to be like three or four years from now when if you do restructure him, you're going to be paying more money. And the 49ers are dealing with that right now with D Ford, who got restructured again, when ideally, you know, one or two years ago, they would have gotten rid of his contract and not had to keep paying him and keep kicking that can down the road. Right. So the 49ers, if, and and this is my opinion, if they have no trade partner, they are better off cutting Jimmy Garoppolo, eating the seven and a half million dollar injury guarantee and just being done with it. And then having that $18.5 million in space, even though in an ideal scenario, you would trade Jimmy Garoppolo, get the $25 million off your books, get a, tra- get a draft pick back from another team, and then you're fine. The problem is the market forces are pretty much aligned entirely against the 49ers right now. And it looks like, at least for right now, unless something changes, they're not going to be able to trade Jimmy Garoppolo because... The way I see it, and maybe maybe I'm completely wrong by Wednesday, but the way I see it, the only way you get a trade is if you have multiple teams competing for the same guy. Mm-hmm. And with Deshaun Watson still out there, with Baker Mayfield potentially springing available from the Browns, with the Raiders maybe trading Derek Carr, it's there are a lot of better options than Jimmy Garoppolo right now, particularly while he's dealing with a shoulder injury. Right. So if you're the 49ers, instead of keeping Jimmy Garoppolo, forcing yourself to restructure all these contracts, giving yourself bad money committed to these guys down the road. To me, that's just a bad idea. And I think it's much better to eat the seven and a half million dollars. That's offset, by the way, which means whenever Jimmy Garoppolo does sign with a new team and does get seven and a half million dollars, that money is going to come back in terms of cap space to the 49ers because it's offset. So it makes a lot of sense if the 49ers have to cut him, And it seems like they're bent on trying to get draft capital back for Jimmy Garoppolo, which is understandable, but it's not understandable to the point of saddling yourself with bad money on your biggest contracts with your best players down the line. I would, if I'm running the team and obviously I've never been an NFL GM, but if I'm running the team, I'm cutting Garoppolo before that 1 PM deadline on Wednesday and saying, we're getting this over with Jimmy can go wherever he wants. We'll right. deal with the offset seven and a half million wherever. We'll reap the benefits of getting under the cap by having that $18 million cleared up. And they won't have to restructure Eric Armstead, Trent Williams, George Kittle, Fred Warner, Jimmy Ward, potentially. Like, right. you do not <laughs> want to do that, in my opinion. And look, people will say, well, you should have got something for him. It's like, man, a lot of better players in Jimmy Garoppolo get cut for nothing in return. Bobby Wagner is a free agent. He's the best linebacker in the NFL or one of the best two or three, right? The Seahawks aren't going to get anything for him because they cut him. Right. But cap space. Sometimes in the NFL, you just have to cut bait when you have to clear cap space and you know a guy is not going to be on your team. You just have to cut him. You just have yep. to do it. You have to bite the bullet and do it. And so that to me is a much better avenue than holding out for a trade. And maybe they do get a trade. 
But the point here is that the 49ers would be far better off just cutting Jimmy Garoppolo, having the ability to spend, giving Trey Lance that vote of confidence and that clarity in the locker room to say, Trey, you're our guy. You know, the all this nonsense, this talk and this media stuff. And look, none of that really matters tangibly. But from our perspective, as people are creating content to constantly hear like, yeah, the 49ers are considering keeping Jimmy Garoppolo and, you know, it's no sure thing that Trey Lance is ready. It's like we know exactly what they're doing. This thing is just being dragged out forever. So as as much they go ahead, they they did a bad job just planning if they weren't ready to cut Jimmy Garoppolo outright. Well, I think they are, but the thing is, is they don't have to do it until one o'clock on Wednesday. Right. No, totally. Totally. They don't, they but didn't have they, to cut Jimmy on Monday, you know, like they can right. drag this thing out until 1259 right. until the, until the 11th hour. Correct. But if, they're, if they're really sitting there going like, man, we really don't want to do this. Like, this isn't how we planned it. Let's restructure all these guys. Like that would just be, that's bad. That's, that's bad business. And that would be that would be a failure of the organization and the front. I should say the front office. That'd be a failure of the front office if they if their contingency plan for not trading Garoppolo was keeping him on the roster and potentially screwing themselves down the road. Like there's just there's that's that's not a that's not a smart thing for the front office to do. As time goes by, that's all I have to it say. It seems less and less likely the 49ers are going to get something good. Because right. more seat, more chairs are going to get filled via the draft, mm-hmm. right? And maybe there's a chance, you know, say the 49ers decided to keep Jimmy Garoppolo to August. You, you're dragging this on all throughout August. You're forcing Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch to talk about this in every public appearance and media interview that they have. You're praying to God that somebody gets hurt elsewhere in the league, similarly to, say... Teddy Bridgewater did with Minnesota when the Eagles had Sam Bradford and made that trade. Remember, like that's just right. that's just a very risky scenario all to ensure you get I mean what so what's Jimmy healthy? What what's he getting you? Like a fourth or a fifth? Like to no, me I think he would have gotten it. them. I think I think if he's fully healthy. But in this quarterback market right now not the no, one no, that that's we a, thought was coming, but this one right now, the way it's developed, I think Garoppolo is worth a fourth or a fifth. I think he gets the Carson Wentz deal. Okay, two thirds, two thirds, and, and a second round pick swap. But you're not getting realistically, even if if you hold on to Jimmy, and you have and you're carrying his money throughout August, which means it's going to be much more difficult to negotiate with Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel. If you're carrying that money all that time just so you can get a couple third round picks. I don't, I don't, it does. The logic does doesn't it, track to me. No, no, they, 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 they like less than, because they have, they have nine draft picks in this. Technically right now they have 10, but they've got to give up one of their third round comp picks to the dolphins. They have nine draft picks. They have three in the, uh, on day two. It's not like, it's not like this getting a getting a sixth for Jimmy Garoppolo at all costs is going to make or break their draft. Like they're, they're fine in terms of capital. Right. So the, the, the bigger issue is getting the, getting the money off the books, which is why you have to cut them. If, if the deal doesn't come to fruition by Wednesday. Yeah. Um, The longer you hold on to them, the more you're kind of screwing Jimmy Garoppolo because right. 
these other teams are filling their quarterback vacancies. Yep. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, um, yeah. Let's roll through some other stuff on the docket real quick. Um, another quarterback thing from today. There was a reported meeting between Deshaun Watson and the 49ers upon further explanation. So, so that was immediately refuted by the 49ers and everybody who is everybody on the beat immediately came out and reported that this meeting didn't happen. It was Josina Anderson. Um, it was Peter Schrager. A, tons of people came out and refuted that this meeting happened, but in exploring uh, with Jordan Schultz from, from Yahoo, who reported this um, this meeting, he said that it was an informational meeting by the 49ers to kind of gauge the quarterback market, which that seems way more realistic than the 49ers. But why would you? So <clears throat> it just doesn't. I don't know. So. I'm not saying that the 49ers are lying about this um, because I have no idea whether or not they talked to Deshaun Watson or not. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say that just about everybody in the NFL lies this time of year about just, just about everything, right. Or about everything like you need to take everything you hear officially from, you know, quote unquote team sources with a grain of salt. Would it surprise me if this was an erroneous report and the 49ers did not have discussions with Deshaun Watson at all? No, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Would it surprise me if the 49ers had a fact-finding meeting with Deshaun Watson and or his representatives to figure out where he's leaning and to gather information about the quarterback market because they might be trying to trade one of theirs? That wouldn't surprise me at all either. Right. Like they you need to gather as much information as possible. And Deshaun Watson could be a conduit to that because you want to find out where he's leaning. You want to figure out how you can potentially get leverage over somebody else. 
those are all things that can that can certainly happen. And given the PR nightmare that Deshaun Watson potentially represents, the 49ers wouldn't want that out there. They could also, as as our you know that has been pointed out uh, to me in our group chat, that maybe the 49ers were curious to see if Deshaun Watson would say publicly or leak it to a national reporter or something. I want to come to San Francisco, and that's my number one destination. At which point the 49ers might consider trading for him. But it's pretty clear that that is not the case, right? And I think the 49ers are very conscious of everything that would come with Deshaun Watson if they decided to go that route from a PR perspective. And from, you know, and the issue is, is that, I mean, I, I hate talking about this because it's very uncomfortable, but perception is reality in this case. Right. So Deshaun Watson, whatever team he he goes to, that team and Deshaun are going to have to answer a ton of questions Mm -hmm. and have to deal with a ton of media and fan backlash, regardless of whether he's innocent or guilty or what happened. None of us will ever know except him and his accusers. Right. But that is going to stick with him. That story, that stigma is going to stick with him for the rest of his life, probably, unless everybody comes out and says this never happened and you know, he's exonerated, whatever. Um, But the 49ers have been a team in the past. You remember with Jim Harbaugh that dealt with a lot of Mm -hmm. the field issues and it really was a nightmare for that organization. And I don't think they want to go down that road again, even though the cases are obviously very different. Um, So did the 49ers talk to Sean Watson? I don't know. Would it surprise me? No. Would it surprise me if the, if the report was, was faulty and wrong? No, that wouldn't surprise me either. But I think we're naive if we just completely take the 49ers word for it and say, oh yeah, they they denied meeting with him. Uh, you know, there's no way they met with him. I, we, we don't know what back channeling goes on and what conversations are had. And the 49ers would behoove themselves to gather as much information as possible in terms of figuring out this quarterback market and hey, maybe talking to Deshaun Watson and or his representatives is part of that. So that's that's the that's one of those like loophole things because the report was the 49ers met with Deshaun Watson. And the 49ers came out and said, No, we didn't. Right. Now, did they talk to David Mulligetta, Watson's representation? And there they have some plausible that they could be like, Well, yeah, but the report was that we met with Deshaun Watson, we didn't. And meeting with Deshaun Watson's agent is a lot different than that. One of the other angles on this, though, that I thought was interesting. I work at a radio station. And so the and take machine is, is just. Uh, yeah, 95 7 the game in San Francisco. I don't like talking about it, though. Oh, no. Um, I don't, at least on the podcast. Um, 95 7 the game, FM, San Francisco, uh, Odyssey app. Um, <laughs> one of our hosts who are remain nameless walks in after this and goes, so Trey Lance must stink. And that's the other reason the 49ers might not want this to get out because absolutely they're finally going to transition to Trey Lance. And now it seems like, Oh, they're exploring other options. And that's another, on top of all the things you laid out, which, which makes all the sense. There's also this football factor of like, man, 
they're they're supposedly so gung ho on on Trey Lance. They traded all these picks to get him, and now they're going to trade him and other stuff to get his replacement before he is ever the full time starter. Like that would be a really bad look. So of course San Francisco, whether this meeting happened or not, of course they're going to come out and refute it. Right. Right. That's that's that just that's exactly how I look at it. Yeah, because that that was the next thing I was going to say is like everything that you do needs to be a positive everything you do reflects on how you feel about Trey Lance at this point. And you want to gas your guy up. You want to instill confidence in your future quarterback and you don't want to have it out there that like, yeah, we really like Trey and you know, we're probably going to transition to him, but you know, we got to kick the tires on Deshaun Watson anyway. Right. Right. You can't, that just cannot be part of your public messaging. So yeah. Right. Um, Especially after kicking tires on Aaron Rodgers last off season. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's. Yeah. Traverius Ward. Um, 49ers. I, I like it. Signed a corner. I do too. And it's not one of those. So typically, when a player gets signed in free agency, it's it's like, well, okay, why did the team let that guy walk? Like, why is he getting out the door? And like the 49ers with Lake and Tomlinson and DJ Jones. It's not that they didn't want to bring them back. They just have a ton of guys who are making a lot of money and they couldn't bring them back. And that's that's from what I understand in talking to some people in Kansas City today was the Patrick Mahomes contract is kicked in. They're paying Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones. They let Tyron Matthew walk without even offering him a contract. Yeah, they had to rework Frank Clark's deal. Right. So Traverius Ward is former undrafted free agent with the Cowboys in 2018. He got traded former college teammate of one Richie James jr. At middle Tennessee state. It's a good nugget. So yeah, I, I, I think this is the exact type of signing. It's a, he has a, he allowed a 51% completion rate last year. Um, all of his numbers like across the board would have been the best in the 49ers secondary next but this gen is, stats loves this guy. Yeah. And this is the exact kind of move that we talked about them making. It's not it's not top of the market type of player, but it's a player who can come in, he'll start. And it's not it's not uh it's not necessarily going to going to break the bank. They're not paying him, you know, 18, 20 million a year. So, he's 25. It's a 3-year contract worth up to 42 million with 26.7 million guaranteed. Um, mm-hmm. Lakin Tomlinson, the left guard who just left, got three years for 40 million, right? And obviously, cornerback is a much more premium position than guard. Um, and when I say next gen stats loves him, um, completion percentage allowed 40 percent that ranked first among all cornerbacks with at least 40 targets. Um, Man. expected completion percentage 46.6 percent was first, yards per target 4.6 is third. Passer rating against 52.5 is third. Tight window rate, 46.7% is first. Um, PFF's numbers, and they have different variations of similar stats, don't paint quite as rosy a picture. Um, and Ward doesn't have you know the same interception numbers as, as JC Jackson. But mm-hmm. for a guy who is 25, who the 49ers obviously think has, has his best football ahead of him, this is a very prudent signing because in my mind, it 
alleviates the idea that you need to rely on somebody like Josh Norman or Drake Kirkpatrick at any point in the season, um, because having to rely on those guys was a big reason you started three and five last year, which ultimately Mm -hmm. was a big reason you are a wildcard team and not a division winner, which obviously made the playoff run a lot more difficult because you had to play three straight road games, basically four straight road games. If you include week 18, um, you had to win to, obviously keep advancing. So I think this is a significant step up for them. Um, It pushes Ambry Thomas, probably that third cornerback role. It makes it so you potentially have Emmanuel Mosley as your nickel corner. If you, if you don't resign K1 Williams, which seems unlikely Mm -hmm. at this point, um, which is a better situation than having Diamador Lenore as your nickel based on what we saw during his rookie season last year. So it's a productive player. It's not breaking the bank. It's a 25 year old guy. It's somebody who's played in a lot of big games, obviously with the Kansas city chiefs and uh, it's a scheme fit. And I just think it makes a lot of sense. Like it's not a massive overpay. If this was, you know, 13 and a half million a year or whatever it is, if this was 18 million a year, which it felt like the the 49ers might've had to give a player like this in years past, then that's like a real overpay. But the fact that it's, three years and it's 13 and a half million a year. And it's basically two, two years of guaranteed money. I think it's, I think it's a really nice signing for the 49ers at a position of need at a good price and a guy who should be entering the prime of his career. It's not Stefan Gilmore. Whose prime is, is past him. It's a guy who's entering that prime and potentially an ascending player. Yeah. And just, and, and this, this is not a comrades and original thought. I saw this all over Niners Twitter last night and I thought, I think this is probably correct. Now you put Emmanuel Mosley and Traverius Ward as your two outside corners. And then like you just said, Emmanuel Mosley kicks inside and in the nickel and Ambry Thomas plays outside. And that's your nickel three quarters of the snaps anyways. Right. And I mean, that allows them to really kill two birds with one stone here. And I just, I, I think that this is great for their depth. Now you can draft somebody and you don't have to play them right away. You can draft a player you feel good about who's not a broken down veteran who's just on the street because nobody wants him. So I think they still need to invest in corner in the draft. But now it's like, it's not like, man, they need to do that ASAP because they need to find a player who can play today. Right. They can afford to take a player who they think, you know, maybe needs a little bit of polish. You know, I could see him going fifth round, just getting a guy with crazy traits. And just being like, yeah, we're going to try and coach this guy up. Yeah. And that this is the, I mean, this is exactly the type of movie they need to make. This is good. Six foot, 195 pounds and four, four speed. Yeah. Um, tackles well also. Yes. Is, is one thing. Um, Oren Burks linebacker oh, signing yeah. from the green Bay Packers. Hey, two years, 5 million. I meant to look this up earlier, but I loved Oren Burks when he was coming out of the draft. Third Big Oren Burks guy. Huh? Third round pick. Yeah, third round pick from Vandy, crazy athlete, like really, really athletic guy. Yeah. And it was when he was coming out of the draft, it was like, man, if you need to have athletes in the second level, it was becoming clear then. It's even more clear now. I I don't know what this means for Aziz Alshire or Dre Greenlaw, but if anything, he's a really, really excellent special teams player. I think he takes Marcel Harris's spot. Marcel Harris is an unrestricted free agent. Safety who transitioned to linebacker was a special team stalwart dealt with injuries um, throughout really his time, even going back to uh, his time at Florida, he tore his Achilles 
which led to him being a six round pick. Um, so that's, I think Oren Burks is now their fourth linebacker who could potentially play if, if either Aziz Alshire or Drake Greenlaw get hurt. And both yep. those guys have dealt with substantial injuries in the last few years. Um, yep. So there's, I, I like this signing a lot too, for them two years, two years, 5 million, I think. Yes, that's okay. correct. Yeah. I, that's, um, that's a good move on the margins for them. Last thing real quick, seriously, Daniel Brunskill's back. Is that no, no? I mean, I know, I know it's Serious, like, dude, seriously. He's no, back. no, dude. <laughs> I, I believe I'm you. Doing, I'm not doing a bit. Daniel yeah. Brunskill's back. Yeah. No, but this is like, this is, he's their starting right guard right now. Yeah. And I don't know how many better options there are on the roster. Yeah. I think Jalen, you, you think, you think this too. I think Jalen Moore is going to be a good guard. Jalen Moore has a much higher ceiling than Daniel Brunskill. Yes. But Daniel Brunskill has, is you know, more experience has played in a lot of games. Tough to beat out, obviously. <laughs> but he's just, think, not, he's just not very good. The ideal role for Daniel fine. Brunskill is what he was in 2019 when he was yes. sort of the swing tackle who could play all yes. five positions. Um, if Daniel Brunskill is your starting right guard, I think you're worse off. So I think, Look, we don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Banks. I would presume the 49ers are going to give him every opportunity to start. We've talked about Aaron Banks a bunch. Um, I'm not going to go down that path again. Um, I think Jalen Moore, obviously an option, and I would expect them to add an interior offensive lineman, potentially a center early in the draft, because you do have to think about life beyond Alex Mack. Um, and if that center could play right guard while learning from Alex Mack, I think that's sort of the best of both worlds because you're upgrading yep. at right guard and you're developing your center for the future, which you're going to need, obviously. So um, Brunskill coming back is fine. It's $2 million. Um, that's, that's fine for a starter. Um, but you, you could still afford to upgrade there. And if you do upgrade, I think you optimize Daniel Brunskill by moving him into that versatile utility lineman role. I was about to say, this doesn't preclude them from drafting an offensive lineman. No, not at all. I, I still think that they, if there's, if there's a guy they think they can start there early, I think they go, I think they go and get him. But yep. Daniel Brunskill tendered at the right of first refusal tender. Seriously. He's back. Seriously guys. In fact, I think that's the title of the episode. Seriously. Daniel Brunskill's back. <laughs> Let's talk all about Jimmy Garoppolo and Deshaun Watson. We're like Danny Bruns. <laughs> all right. I got to get going. Yep. This is my last pod until next week. You can't pot Thursday either. Maybe. We're having a guest on Wednesday because we're going to talk about what may or may not happen with Jimmy Garoppolo, regardless. Right. Because you're busy with very important things. Right. Thursday is a TBD. Okay. We'll discuss it. We'll discuss. I've got it. people in town, but I might be able to sneak away for a few minutes. Not for you, Chris, but for the listener. Yeah, if the listeners don't know, Kyle's getting married on Saturday. So getting married on Saturday. Chris is in yeah. the wedding. I've, yeah, got my got my suit tailored and everything. Your your your, your uh, short suit. Yeah, it's good. It's a it's a good four inches above the knee. <laughs> I just hope the socks you, you're getting us are are stylish. Oh, they are. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and to go with that, I'm going to get you a skinny tie too. It's going to be great. Perfect. Um. So yeah, that's happening Saturday. Um, if you want to hit my register, no, I'm joking. Um, subscribe, <laughs> rate, review. 
<laughs> if you want to register, shoot me a shoot me a note on Twitter for give me a DM. Sure kidding, a DM. but you know, maybe not really. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, if you want to, if you want to give me a wedding present, you can subscribe to this. Uh, there you podcast. go. A five star review and a five star review. Those uh, those those gifts are timeless. <laughs> they are because I read them sometimes. <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys. We'll uh, this will come out Wednesday. We will have another episode Wednesday evening. That'll come out Thursday with a special guest, uh, familiar guest. I think you guys have heard before and like. And um, we'll see what happens with Jimmy Garoppolo. But till then, see ya. See ya. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com